0: podcast. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Cody Fitness Podcast. I feel like an intro <laughs> like that, you have to go
1: like, i <laughs> like we're on a ship or something.
0: Uh, we are uh, we're doing something we've never done before. Well, I, a lot of things we've never done before, but uh, one of those is record at night. Usually we're recording bright and early on a Friday morning. and Just before the episode
1: goes out to the public. Yep. Right? Because uh, Friday comes to 4th Tuesday, as we yeah. all know. <laughs> Yeah, so it's uh, I don't know it's a cool feel like the the gym is quiet. We don't we don't experience this very much. Oh yeah, so. we're at the gym again. Yeah. Yeah, so being here without all the uh, weights dropping and the music going it's a pretty peaceful place. The so. lights are dim. There's just the possibilities are endless. <laughs> I don't know where that's going, <laughs> but uh, we got a book we're supposed to talk about today. I
0: will say, Chris had the uh, had a great playlist going today. They during the, yeah. the wad.
1: So here's what happens. Hunter and I have discussed this before. This would be a great way to get the conversation going. <clears throat> Both of us, whenever the clock you know starts counting down and you get the three, two, one, go. If you paid me a thousand dollars, I couldn't tell you one single song that's going on during the workout no
0: the only, to- the only time it sticks out is if it's a song that I really don't like yeah well that's unfortunate I-,
1: I don't hear any of them but if there's no music I definitely notice that because there's just lots of like you just hear breathing breathing yeah. <laughs> <Got> it <laughs> this really makes me very uncomfortable <sighs> the, only-
2: the only time I'll notice the music is if somebody keeps changing it then I'm like, ah, oh, uh, quit changing true. the music because you keep roll. hearing silence. and silence. And There's silence.
1: a couple of songs. Uh, Chris Allen for sure is like, no, I'm not listening to that, especially with <coughs> the energy dips. Do you have a song that you change in, during class?
2: Uh, no, not, not, uh, not off the top of my head. There's uh, what was that song? Uh, uh, it's like seven it's or eight It's probably Bon Jovi now. or something. No, no, it was uh, gong- Gangnam Style. <laughs> 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 you like, Just the instrumental
0: side of it would give me jazz. I'm not man. working out to a pistachio commercial.
2: Here's the thing you quickly learn when you start working at a gym and you're at the gym all day. It doesn't matter how many songs are on the playlist. You hear the same songs over and over and over again. Oh, and there's just there's only so many times you can hear Gangnam Style before you're like... you got to oh, build
0: out like, like an eight-hour playlist is what you got to do. So
2: the Coyote uh playlist has over a thousand songs but it's still you so still you hear, can hear oh yeah. yeah so when you go home do you like radio silence just nothing there i used to just completely drive in silence like i wouldn't listen to music at all but now i listen to podcasts <laughs> i will not listen to me but i would just drive home and just enjoy the silence and then when there's nobody at the gym i turn the music off and just enjoy the 10 minutes of silence before right. somebody w- comes in and wants to do you squats get the vip
1: drop in yeah that's, that's like, right you know
2: and then, and then the one guy who comes in at uh, in open gym time and he's got his five song playlist that he plays every single day. <laughs> like, oh, come on man. Uh, we hear the same five songs over and over again yeah. every single day. Yeah, stunt up a just really gets me in that. We talking about
0: ben. Yeah, that's right.
2: Foo Fighters gets me going. Oh, you know, hey, you know what, you know what song will really get me going if I'm doing some rowing intervals and it's that last interval and I got to turn it on. It's the song at the end of the Last of the Mohicans. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> All right, that's intense The instrumental, oh man! Tell me, you can't listen to that and get fired up? Oh yeah, I agree. I, uh,
1: like the Mission, they've got some instrumental stuff. Like uh, if I if I'm really wanting to get like an intense, uh, what do they call it? That that state of focus, what's it called? uh, the, uh flow stage, flow state, Yeah, yeah. And I put on the Revenant. I don't know that. The that Revenant. Me, yeah. Wow.
0: Mm, mine's it's... a full pack. Really? I found that funk music does it. Like when I was driving over today, like.
2: Do you know it's it it's proven that listening to uh, techno makes you drive faster? Oh well, I don't listen to techno, so that's all right. <laughs> but I'm just
0: saying. Did uh, you, at least tell no me you picked that fact up. I
2: mean, uh, I mean that's just a well-known fact. There's, a, there's <laughs> a study done.
0: So it's not specific to BPM. It's it's strictly techno. Yeah. Of well, I'm sure it probably translates over to... Because techno is supposed to be like one sixty, BPM. Which is it
2: really? Is, is Moby oh, techno? What like? Huh? Moby. Who the
1: heck is Moby? Who's Moby?
2: Eminem talked about him in his rap. Come Oh
1: man! You don't know who Moby is? Wow! Gosh, we just saw I us... thought you were the music girl. Yeah, over we just here, saw us right? like fifteen listeners right there. Who, uh, I'm sorry. Okay. We're down anyway. the
2: We're down the five. Do your research. <laughs> 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 well, yeah. We're going to be down the zero after this intro. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh yeah, a book or something.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. What are we doing? What are we doing? Uh, well, the first thing is. We're uh, we're talking about a book as the goal today. Yeah, and this we're having book, a little bit of crossover. Yeah, well. that's what I was about to say. This book, even uh, we didn't plan it this way, but it's in a, a lot of different circles that yeah. we actually do crossover and spend a lot of time around these particular teams that are talking about this book, Culture Code. Which there's there's another book, Culture Code, that isn't isn't this guy. This is Daniel Coyle, and he's uh, he's talking a lot about what this guy did. Is he goes around and he researches. Uh, successful teams the book that came out before this talent code Mm -hmm. um, actually led him into this research and he he was wanting to try to figure out why are certain teams so successful and uh, what are the key elements that they have and what do you mean by teams well there's a lot of different teams like sports teams he actually goes into a group of guys that the Pink Panthers who were actually robbing people (laughs) blind and he calls that a team um, yeah, the definition of team... Google. Yeah, Lencioni goes into a lot of this where we just throw team at everything. Uh, but basically, Coil says if, if you're a group of people that has a shared purpose, yeah. you're, mm-hmm. you're chasing a shared purpose, then you're a team. And he requires a little bit of overlap too. Uh, a lot of business language, you can't have silos where a team isn't just people spread out over the country working in their specialty, they're just trading emails. Yeah. The team has to actually be working towards a shared goal. Best example of that that's talked about in the book would be the Spurs going for the uh, NBA championship, uh, but other examples like a SEAL team who's you know trying to stay alive and defend our freedom, um, Zappos, the yeah, company Zappos. Zappos, yeah, which is crazy. I mean. The fact that he says it's harder to get
2: a job at Zappos today than it is to get into Harvard. That's crazy. <laughs> it's and crazy. then, didn't then they also say that after your first month you can take was it five thousand dollars and and yeah, leave? just walk. Well, I think it's a thousand. thousand Either bucks? way, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's like a thousand bucks after you get through
1: with this their training process. If you don't feel like you match the culture here. We will pay you a thousand dollars to leave.
2: I was fascinated by the upright Citizen Brigade. I had no idea that they even existed that comedy group and all oh you're kidding I, didn't, yeah. uh-uh. well, I think I've heard them. it before but I didn't really know what it meant mm-hmm. and I didn't like he started naming all the, the people who had come out of that it's yeah. like the who's who of comedy right now No doubt
1: Well I, I knew about them because they had there was a TV show I think on Comedy Central or something a while back but I didn't realize how technical the training process was. How many rules were around it but you know a pretty fascinating discussion we'll get to some details in a moment but pretty fascinating discussion that these cultures that have a particular set of rules that have figured out what success means in their shared goal once they commit to that process man they just start turning out people that are awesome in their craft or winning championships or doing incredible things behind enemy lines i mean this is the part of talking about successful teams and why we're going to get to this is because a successful team doesn't just create an average person. I mean, all of us are looking to be better than we are today. I mean, that's a big part of what we do on the Coyote Fitness Podcast, is talk about how do we get better? How do we separate ourselves from the pack? And what this guy is saying, what this author is saying, is a lot of it is being a part of a team. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, certainly they're exceptional individuals. Who comes to mind when we think about that? Well. Guys like Tiger Woods, right, or, or Wayne Gretzky. I mean, these guys would just be good anywhere they are. Right. But we've talked about them a lot. You know, these guys commit so many hours to one particular thing. If you guys recall the conversation we had about Agassi, I mean, how, how many hours did that guy spend playing yeah. tennis? But most people who have kind of a wide stripe of what you're required to do in your life, if you want to get to that next level, whatever that next level is for you, you got to be a part of a team, which really connects into what we do inside of, of CrossFit. So. Let's handle it this way. This, this book has so many awesome things that we could talk about. Let's just pick a few things that were on, on the top of
2: our mind as we were reading the book that kind of stuck with us or were pretty, pretty intriguing ideas. The first thing that stood out to me was the belonging cues that he talked about and um, how you can, you can deliver belonging cues to somebody and they immediately feel more comfortable and they're going to operate at a higher level because they feel, uh, they feel like they're a part of the group, whereas unsuccessful groups... Um, they don't have those belonging cues, and people feel isolated, and they, share, they feel like they can't share their, their feedback or share their ideas because they're not a part of the group. And it's creating, like, a safe environment for them to feel like it's okay for them to to throw an idea out there that's that's going to be rejected because they're not going to get criticized for throwing out a bad idea. And then, you know, the culture cues he talks about is all the type of stuff that, you know, that goes on in a CrossFit gym that I think makes people – want to come back you know people always talk about the thing that they love so much about the gym is the community the community the community and that's what keeps them coming back and it it goes straight to these belonging cues that people are doing that makes them feel you are safe here they he said that the those cues add up to a message that describes a single phrase you are safe here Mm -hmm. and and i think that that's what a good successful gym and the type of culture we're trying to develop is a group of people where if somebody comes in off the street on their first day you know how nerve-wracking it is to go into a CrossFit gym on your first day especially Mm -hmm. if you never lifted weights or haven't worked out in a while or feel like you're out of shape and somebody's immediately coming up to you and making you feel like you belong and saying you're safe here it's okay if you can't do what this guy who's been coming for five years can do because uh, we're all just a family here and we accept you for who you are and we're going to try to help you build to, to what the best version of yourself that's
0: the word that i picked up on was family like immediately that's what stuck out because when you start diving into it you start getting into the differences between just you know friendships which are strong as they are but like when you get to the level of family like that that's like a no matter what happens i'm not leaving you and you know like we're gonna the hard things can be said positive things can be said it doesn't matter it's all going to be taken from the same uh level of respect
1: uh admiration stuff like that uh so let's talk about it this way. When you when you talk about your fitness journey, we would say today that there's absolutely no way to get to where you would like to be fitness-wise without these belonging cues inside of a community. But so many people are trying it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we got a lot of couch to 5K. We got a lot of people that are paying you know, a couple of bucks a month to show up and, and death by cardio with their headphones on. And they, they stay perpetually frustrated. And the reason we're trying to break this cycle is because eventually, when you go through enough of those times where you start, stop, start, stop, start, stop, eventually you're not going to start ever again. That's you're right. just going to give up on it. So you come into a CrossFit gym, but what I find so comical is early on during CrossFit, people were talking about, oh, man, you guys are a cult. You're doing these crazy things. You know, But what they were really sensing is CrossFit is going to build community. Mm-hmm. We're going to do fitness inside of a community. What's been fascinating inside of Cody CrossFit, Cody Fitness over the years is that we're spending as much time outside of the gym together as we are inside That's the right. gym together, if not more, because we've gotten to know each other and we're mm-hmm. invested in, in each other holistically, more than just, you know, what's your one rep max on a particular lift. We care about each other. And as a consequence, almost <coughs> as a byproduct, then we're all getting more fit than we've been. You know, what we say around here, the shape of your life. You get to the shape of your life without having to drill down and say, this is all I'm focused on. It becomes a really comprehensive approach. So one thing that he points out here, and I, I'd like to ask you guys some questions about, is he says a big part of these belonging cues is that you're um, you're treating people as unique individuals. Mm-hmm. So inside of our organization, what are some ways that we do that? Let's say that somebody's listening like, hey, I, I, maybe, I maybe I'll give this CrossFit thing a try. What do we do inside of Coyote Fitness that, that sends those belonging cues that people are individuals?
2: So from the first moment that they join, um, they're first. They're working one on one with a coach. Five session on ramp, and the whole goal of that session is, yeah, to teach them the proper mechanics and to ease them into it so they're not getting too super sore starting out. But really, it's about to it's about learning about them, who they are, what are their goals, what have they done before, uh, what do they, you know, what it, what what do they want to get out of it, and what what kind of time commitment can they give? What is their schedule look like what does their family look like it's learning about them and that's how our first conversation always starts we don't just say all right welcome to coyote here's your barbell have at it you know like (laughs) you know it's you we have to find out about them as people and then we can direct them and and into which direction they want to go um say somebody comes in and they want to lose 30 pounds well we can recommend hey you know we recommend you follow this track we also have the three tracks in the class so to individualize a little bit more or we might say, hey, you know, it, it sounds like you don't really want to feel comfortable working on a group right now. Why don't we do some personal training for a while um, and build up your confidence because you don't feel comfortable in, in the lifts and you want to lift on your own. And Or, may, hey, let's really focus in on your diet because that seems like it's your hole in your game. It's, mm-hmm. it's just looking at the whole aspect of the person as the individual. And then it's also, you know, people are – just because they, it's happened to them when they join. they're coming up and introducing themselves. Hey, how are you? I'm so-and-so, nice to meet you. Where are you from, what do you do? Tell me about your family, tell you what you're doing here. We're so glad to have you. I work out at 5.30, we'd love to have you at 5.30. And it's just immediately, everybody's just pulling people in because they know when they first started, they were the ones feeling like an outsider, and they w- they know they don't want the people joining to feel like an outsider. Um, like, I mean, if you walk somebody walk watch somebody walk in the doors here, within one or two minutes, somebody's talking to them. If that may, it's yeah. usually like 10, 15 seconds, they're like, "Hey, this is a new guy. Hey, nice to meet you. What do you you know? What can I do for you?" Mm-hmm. And the last thing we want somebody to come and walk in and kind of stand in the corner for 15 minutes because everybody's just so worried about doing their own thing and they're so worried about their own fitness. And I think that's what's so cool about the community at all of our gyms is that people, yeah, they want to get in the best shape of their lives, but they want their buddy to be in the best shape of their lives too. Yeah. And they want everybody else to succeed. They don't want to succeed themselves and everybody else fail. Yeah, I think that situation
1: you're describing, if there's someone you know, doing PVC pass-throughs in the corner for 10 minutes, we all realize that person is a drop-in and we actually have a rule inside of our our gym it's not like it's up on the wall anywhere but we have a rule here we speak to drop-ins mm-hmm. we, we we make those guys feel welcome we may never see this person again but we only have one chance to make an impression on them a lot of times it's people that are coming through in business that may have uh, a bad perception of people in the south and we have a chance to be able to correct that through a one-hour a fitness class, so I think what this guy's pointing out here is pretty critical. I like the, the place that you're starting with these belonging cues because culture is really built on those. Treating people as an individual, letting them them know that they're safe, and also that, that we have a shared future, you know? And this works out on a micro scale of when you're in a, in a class together, you have a shared future and it's probably going to be miserable <laughs> for mm-hmm. about 10 or 15 minutes, Yeah. Uh, but past that, I mean, here's another way, this is actually the way that I look at the contracts inside of CrossFit gyms, I mean, we are entering into a contract, both parties, you're agreeing to pay us money, but we're agreeing to provide you services for a year at least, you know, we're going to get in there and be involved with your life for a year, and that's a huge investment times the client base here. We're going to get involved with your life, we're going to talk about all the things that you just mentioned, Just they rolled right off your tongue. Uh, we're going to talk about um, your diet, we're also going to talk about how much you're sleeping, we're also going to talk about the holes in your game. There's so much uh, stuff that we're investing in. Signing the contract is really just the smallest first step, Mm -hmm. but it sends that cue to a person, hey, we take this serious enough to be able to invest in your life and your journey for a year. So I I think that's a big thing for us us too. So all right, let's move on. We gotta talk about some other stuff. There's so many solid things that this book brings up. I wanted
2: to talk about Popovich real quick while we were on the belonging cues because he kind of went into the San Antonio Spurs and Popovich. Okay, yeah, the head coach. Yeah, Yeah. so the head coach of the Spurs I knew, you know, I follow sports and I know the Spurs have been good for a really long time and you always see Popovich, they always characterize him as uh, the cranky interview. He never gives them a straight answer or they always get him on the sidelines screaming and yelling at somebody so he just seems like a hothead. But he talks about what Popovich, Popovich does to his players and he makes them feel welcome from the moment they're on the team. He knows everything about them. He, he, uh, he's always asking them about their life. He, he takes them out to eat individually and buys them you know nice wine and they share wine together. If he has to um, criticize or, or talk have a tough conversation with somebody, he will tell them to, to go buy this, this nice bottle of wine and they'll sit down and drink the wine together. <laughs> somebody had a good quote. They said, Popovich is always filling up everybody else's cup. Mm-hmm. So he's always making them feel like they belong. Um, and he'll tell you the truth and he'll love you to death. And so that was really, really interesting, but they talked about the the reason for that is because the group has very high standards. And that's something that that we want to have here as an organization is we have very high standards. We don't settle for average, we, we, we settle for, we don't settle, we're we always pushing for excellence. And it talked about the, the, um, the belonging cues make you feel like A, you're part of this group, B, this group is special. We have high standards here. See, I believe you can reach those standards. And how powerful is that mm. for somebody else to tell you, "Hey, look, we have really high standards here, and I believe in you that you can you can obtain this high level of standard that we uphold." That makes you want to be um, the best version of yourself so much more than just trying to do it on your own. Because hey, everybody else is doing it. and I want to be like those guys. So I want to I want to live up to you know I want to hold the rope and and be be on the same level with them. Yeah, that Popovich stuff was just fascinating to me. The the thing he dives
1: into in that chapter where he's talking about how to handle failure. I mean, that was really interesting to me that his his primary uh, goal or instinct after the team failed and it was one of those really bad, like, not just a oops, they just completely fell apart. And they share a meal together and they have proximity. These, yeah. uh, the book also talks about having uh, collisions with other people on your team. And Popovich sets this up. We're going to go to dinner. We're going to treat everybody like human beings. We're going to talk about the loss, but we're actually going to celebrate a meal together just like we had planned on if we had won the game. And uh, those guys healed through that experience.
2: So I think it was game six of the finals, and they had already had the restaurant rented out for their celebration because if they won the game, they won the series. They lost. Well, he was like, Everybody's like, oh, we're not going to go to dinner. He's like, no, we're going to dinner. And he got there, what, an hour early and rearranged all the tables to make sure everybody was sitting in a group in a circle. And then he bought a whole bunch of really nice wine and he went down around to every single player and had a conversation with them and they were laughing and joking. But it was the message of, hey, we lost, but that's okay. It's not the end of the world, you know. We're we're going to give it our best effort the next time. If we lose again, it's, it's okay. Instead of just like, oh, we lost, like, chew everybody out and then everybody's so afraid to fail that they're so uptight yeah throwing chairs and stuff yeah you know, like uh, what's what's the other guy
1: it's like the opposite of bobby knight right? bobby knight yeah, yeah <laughs> it's the opposite of bobby knight uh so you, there are a lot lots of different ways to win but what this author is pointing out is that ha- having people inside of a group where they believe that they belong they're treated as individuals there's an energy about the environment, and there's also a future together. Mm-hmm. These are really important things, and we've figured out inside of Coyote Fitness, we have all these elements, but we, you know, at some point in our history, we had to turn them up a little bit. We had to start focusing on them a little more because in every environment, we should talk about this for a moment, individual competition seems to creep in. You know, It's easy for people to focus on self even in a, in a family environment. I mean, everybody who hears the word family, you're either going to think about good times as a family or arguments as a family, right? Mm-hmm. So sometimes individualism creeps into these environments, but I think what we're saying today is if you have a strong enough culture, that's going to show itself pretty fast, and you're going to be willing to extend yourself out there and, and say what needs to be said to make those corrections. Yeah,
2: I mean, human nature is just... To put put self preservation and one's own self first, and the ego gets big as you as you make progress. And any any sport like CrossFit, where you're constantly pushing yourself to get better, you know, when you get better, it's easy for that ego to creep in. But we're always talking about leave your ego at the door. Leave your ego at the door. You know. Um, better yourself have have a growth mindset you're not defined by your results yesterday you know we're always just trying to push ourselves to the next level and you try to create that culture but it's always a constant battle because it's never going to be you're never going to reach that point where you've arrived and and everything's perfect you know it's always going to be a work work in progress so what were the the red flags
0: you know for lack of a better term when like you know not saying that county was ever an unhealthy place i haven't been here for that long but like
1: What were the? Oh wait a minute! Pause. We should celebrate
0: this. Okay.
1: Chase is back. Chase (laughs) walks into work today, and he just puts his workout shoes on the table. (laughs) I look at him, and I said, "Is today the day?" He goes. Today's the day. That was that that was exactly the length of the conversation. (laughs) Well done. Well done. It's the worst workout to come back. Oh my god! Specifically me. It was. All right. Back to the point. Yeah. You were saying so. Was there a time, or what was it that led to the time? Yeah.
0: No, there probably wasn't a specific moment where you're like, "What the heck is going on?" Like, just small things probably added up over a long period of time. You're like, "I want this to be a little
2: different." Yeah. It's not. There's no specific moment and it's not saying that what we were doing before is bad by any means it's just a growth growth pattern we decided that we want to constantly improve ourselves and constantly grow and we're going to look to the people who are better than us and learn from them and learn from successful people in other fields and see what they're doing and and implement that and the more you look for that type of stuff and learn you see you know opportunities for improvement and that's all it was is seeing opportunities for improvement and we're, you know, we're constantly trying to improve ourselves. We always talk about we want to be better next year than we were this year. And, you know, 10 years down the road, we want to, you know, we want to be better than we are now, all that type of stuff. And so it's just, look, here, here's something we think we can do better at and let's let's do better because at the end of the day, we want to provide the best service for our members and we want to help them get in the best shape of their lives at their own pace in the supportive community. And we're going to do everything on our power to make that the best um, hour of their day and, and have the best results, and for them to be able to come back for years and years and years, and so we're always trying to upgrade and improve.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it, and I think it's, uh, it is, it's it's interesting that it follows along with what he was saying in the book. It, sometimes it's a little bit difficult to name, but you can just feel the temperature has changed a little bit. Mm. And then when you feel that temperature has changed inside of a team, and I think this goes for your life as well, you wake up one day and then kind of feel a little bit off, and the next day is a little bit the same. Like, all right, something's changed. I can't really name what it is, but I've got to address this. I think that's exactly what happened to us here. Like, we need to get better and something's holding us back from that. We're not going to spend a lot of time trying to figure out exactly what's going wrong. We're going to focus on what needs to go right around Mm -hmm. here. And that really was creating a renewed emphasis on that shared goal, that shared purpose. I mean, Mm -hmm. we want to be in the shape of our lives. And, And the beautiful part about that statement is it's different for everyone mm-hmm. you know that individual you're, you we didn't say we all want to make it to the games <laughs> right? Yeah, right so we want to be in the shape of our lives so i mean and that's that's been translated just for me personally i'm uh turned 40 in september and i've been talking about it all year So i'm like man i want to be in the shape of my life by the time i hit 40. unfortunately what that means for me is i've got a rebound i had a great um 17 a really bad 18. <laughs> so i'm having to t- spend 19 but you can hear how the priorities of the, of the culture of the organization are translating into me as an individual. I want to be in the shape of my life by the time I hit 40. The reason I'm thinking that is because Hunter and Chris have set a, and Caleb, those guys have set a really strong culture here of what it means to be a part of the, the coyote community. You know, I think another big thing that you guys have emph- emphasized over the years is we're going to be a gym that helps people. Mm-hmm. It isn't going to be just about us. It's we're, not just
0: bottom line protecting. It's yeah. to loyalty the people that are putting their faith in us to give yeah. them the service that they asked us to do. Yeah,
1: we're, right. we're going to help people. So one, th- one thing I think we could celebrate, and some people aren't, aren't close enough to us to know about this, but this year we, had, we hosted an event that was a marathon row uh, where we had teams and individuals for the, the benefit of one of the members of our community. That happened, the only way that that happened is because we had a petri dish of the culture here that allowed for that, you know. It was yep. like, sure, hey, let's do this. Let's open up the gym. Let's we'll do an event that we weren't even planning on, mm-hmm. and uh, man, this place was packed. You know, we raised a ton of money for this uh, for this couple that needed it. All that was able to, to be accomplished because of the culture that's set here. That we're I not know. just looking out for ourselves. We're looking out for someone else. E- you know, even in fact, I've seen over the past couple of weeks, I've seen people stop a workout, their own workout that they showed up for. They've stopped that workout to go help someone else because they needed it. Mm-hmm. Or they saw that someone else needed to get to the rig, so they stepped aside. I mean, these things are not very common, but they're really common to us, you know. So so let's we gotta we gotta keep moving here. I mean, obviously you could talk about every chapter for, for thirty minutes. What I wanna discuss a little bit is when he dives into log PT. And the Navy SEALs. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know the backstory to the Navy SEALs. I didn't know the
2: backstory either. That was really interesting. Yeah. I didn't realize that they realized that the training was very outdated, but it worked, so they weren't going to change it at all. Yeah, that was that's, really.
1: That's very counterintuitive, isn't yeah. it? I mean, um, it's a what did he call it? It's a basically an out of date or archaic
2: method. They called it unconscious genius. Did you? Do you remember that part? Yeah,
1: you know, sitting here having this conversation, it kind of makes me think going all the way back to Glassman. I know people have had trouble with the way things have gone, but you know, Glassman interrupts the fitness industry with this boom. He just lays it out, you know? right? And it's interesting to me. This guy was. Um, what did he call him, like this skinny guy with thick glasses? Yeah, yeah. He sounds like the opposite of a Navy SEAL, uh-huh. but he's the guy that put it together.
2: You know? Yeah, he said, uh, the people who built the original training program didn't completely understand why this was the best way to build teams, but they understood that it was the best way. It, it would be so easy now to go back and change things to modernize them in some ways, but we don't because we appreciate the results. And, uh, yeah, the, the whole thing about the log PT uh, was basically, you know, everybody's on the log and everybody's got a shared – uh, task at hand, and if one person uh, is faltering, they're letting the whole team down, and so everybody's kind of raising themselves to the whole level. And interesting enough, that's where the worm uh, in the CrossFit competitions came from. Is is, is it really? Yeah, that's where uh, Dave uh, decided He you know, because Dave was Castro was a Navy Seal, and so he uh, he designed the worm to be like the the log that the seals use. And actually the first year we had a team at regionals, we had the worm and we all had to wear these headbands over our ears because the worm would like hit your ears and cut them and you would bleed everywhere. So we were wearing headbands and we were running off one day, uh, like on Saturday, I think, and Dave Castro was at our regional and he was standing there like fist bumping everybody as so we ran off and, and I was like, just joking. I was like, man, thanks for thanks for what you did to my ear. He said, well, uh, at least it wasn't the log ones that we had to use in the seals is what he told me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, that's a good point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> thanks, <Yeah>. Jerk. <laughs>
1: yeah so this the idea though that, that captured me inside of this particular chapter and this may have been the lesson for me for the whole book i'll go ahead and say this is that if you do log pt correctly and uh, I'm, I'm a nerd who's going to get on youtube and look at like seal team particular classes and buds classes and follow them all the way through so i kind of knew what he was talking about but he says if, if if log pt goes well it looks smooth and almost effortless but underneath there's all kinds of communication going mm-hmm. on between the guys that are there and, and they've had these little micro events of connectedness that have led to this this thing and it you know not trying to make too large of a stretch but if you think about the fact that naturally inside of CrossFit gyms people start attending the same class on a regular basis They're, you know you have noon people you have 330 people and you tend to be in the building with the same people and the conversations that go on, the connected nature of that, and what's happened in my, in my journey, CrossFit journey, is that I'll get phone calls from those people mm-hmm. before I even get here. So if I'm on the fence of like, man, I, I don't know, that's a lot of burpees. Maybe, maybe today's going to be, you guys do this, negotiate your rest day. Maybe <laughs> today's going to be my rest day. But you get a call from one of the guys in the class, like, hey, man, you're going to be there. Let's do this together. It looks like it's going to be terrible. It looks like it's going to be fun. But the fact that it uh, it appears to be smooth from the outside, but there's a lot going on underneath the surface.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I think that's just a, a great metaphor for life, really. But something that is is pretty critical to these really advanced teams is that they make hard work look effortless. I mean, do we need to mention at this point, Fraser or Froning, or you're, you're watching those people work right. out, and you're like, these guys just don't even look human. Yeah, uh, they're hurting just like the rest of us. Mm-hmm. You because know, they're going to that place, but. Uh, I've been thinking in the teams that I exist on, uh, what's going on beneath the surface and what needs to be corrected there because it could be compromising, as you, as you quoted, uh, the results that we're trying to appreciate.
2: Yeah, I like the quote from that chapter. He said, it adds up to a choice. You can focus on yourself or you can focus on the team and the task. And it's so easy if you're doing log PT and you're hurting, just focus on, man, my shoulders are killing me. But the minute you just start focusing on yourself That's when your team, you know, you're going to get out of sync with the log. You're going to drop the log, whatever. And he said, uh, when you're doing log PT, there's three three part uh, sequence that happens. A teammate falters, others sense it and respond by taking on more pain for the sake of the group, and then balance is regained. And that's just the epitome of a good team. You know, uh, not everybody's always going to be perfect. Not everybody's always going to have their A game every day. And when somebody shows up on the team who doesn't have their A game. The best teams are going to have everybody else step up and, and carry the load for them. You know, the the, the Bulls, they won six NBA championships mm-hmm. in a row when Michael Jordan was there. Michael Jordan didn't always have the best game, you know, but when he was having a bad game, uh, Scottie Pippen stepped up or somebody else stepped up. There's, You know, the best teams, they always – like the Patriots, they have a different team or, you know, a different a leader, roster every, every single year. year. Yeah. But it's always the yeah. different guys stepping up because that's what they develop. Same with the Spurs. You know, these perennial winners, like anybody can win one championship, but these teams that are sticking around year after year after year, it's because they develop this culture of, hey, somebody's going to step up tonight. I don't know who it's going to be, but it's going to be somebody. And that and that's just the way they do, they do business.
1: Yeah, tell, talk to me about this phrase, how you guys feel. He, he points out. That uh, great teams, great cultures have high candor feedback. Uh, this seems to be kind of a catching point for most individuals, and even in their in their fitness journey, it's it's hard to hear hard things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he points out that if you, if you're a team that's trying to solve a problem, not just pursue happiness, which is, let's be honest, with most of our lives, we're trying to just be happy about things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you you walk into a CrossFit gym and you got it. You have to be corrected or you have to fail in front of people. You know. Uh, this high candor feedback seems to be a pretty difficult thing to embrace
2: feedback's the only way that you're going to grow if you don't have somebody who's willing to tell you what you're what you need to work on then you're going to be treading water in whatever you're doing for the rest of your life because you have to have somebody who's willing to look in from the outside and say hey you got this big hole in your game right here that you need to step up or hey uh say in the gym like hey you really need to clean your reps up your your technique doesn't look that great you're really cutting corners uh, in the workout to go faster or whatever the case may be and a lot of people if they're, they're letting ego drive them they're gonna they're gonna get defensive in Brussels and it might make them want to leave but you know at the end of the day if you're developing the culture of growth minded individuals who are all part of a family community they're embracing that feedback and say yeah I understand this is hard for me to hear and I know it's really hard for you to tell me mm-hmm. but I know you're telling that out of me because you love me if you if you really care about somebody and you see something that they're doing wrong and you don't call them out on them, you don't really care about them. You're more worried about yourself and having to have a tough conversation and the pain you're going to feel than you are helping that other person. The kind It's called the kind truth because it's—it's mm. it, it's, you're telling them, you're giving them feedback out of kindness. But you can't just go up and give anybody feedback. You have to, have to earn that trust. That's what I was about to say. You've got to you earn the right to do That's stuff. That's right. like You that, have to have that yeah. trust. Like, I can't. I don't have the right to just walk up to some random guy on the street and say, oh, "You know, you're you know you need your 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 You you look like a slob today. You know, clean your outfit up. Whatever the case may be, you know, <laughs> it's you have to have to earn that trust and develop it. But if you are that type of person who has developed that trust, then you have to be willing to share that with them. And the the funny thing is, that's going to make them trust you more because they say, "Hey, you know what, Ben." really does care about me because he's willing to tell me something that nobody else has told me i've been doing this for 10 years Mm. and nobody in my life has told me this and you're the first person to tell me that i really appreciate that
1: yeah yeah because we've you know if i were to say something of that nature we've shared a lot of years together by now for me to be able to do that all right so let's zoom towards kind of the end of the book here where he's talking about these these goals because i think this really does connect a lot to what we try to talk about here on this podcast and i'll read this because i think it's, it's pretty fascinating he says when i visited the successful groups i noticed that whenever they communicated anything about their purpose or their values they were as subtle as a punch in the nose it started with surroundings one expects most groups to fill their surroundings with a few reminders of their mission these groups however did more than that a lot more so we started doing a lot of that here actually you know I mean, it's not just a tagline on the website we're breaking it down at the end of class. We've got a word of the month. I mean, language, if I'm picking up on this correctly, Hunter, you have put a huge emphasis on language inside of our community. Is this the reason that you, you pulled that in? we yeah. say particular things around here.
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, we want to constantly be enforcing, you know, the, the the direction that we want our athletes to go and the direction that we want to go. And, we, you know, we define our core values, humble and hungry. We talk about them all the time. That's That's what we want to embody. That's what we want to demonstrate to our athletes and every month every month we have a different word of the month and you know this month is effort you know we want to give you know we can't control our outcome but we can control our effort every single day and so constantly putting that stuff out there and I've been thinking a lot about that ways to get more visual cues like signs up there definitions you know words on the wall whatever Mm -hmm. so you're constantly having in front of you because because he talks about it at one point in the book you know culture is something that has to constantly be reinforced over and over and over you can't just implement it one time and say all right that's our culture we're good to go uh you know all we got to do is show up now you know it's something that has to constantly be, be put yeah um
1: i've heard it said before that vision leaks uh you know like out of the bucket and i think culture is kind of the same way you know mm-hmm. once you normalize it people just it turns into white noise and it disappears mm-hmm. uh, but if you kind of keep it top of mind and uh, one thing he points out is the the language helps us say over and over again here's where we are and here's where we want to be, yep, here's where exactly. we are, here's where we want to be. And I think individually in my life and the things that we're, we're deciding to chase inside uh, Coyote Fitness as an organization, we're constantly saying, here's where we are, but here's where we want to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, what a huge thing even to be able to incorporate into your own life. I mean, just to sit down and actually be honest about Can we talk about that for a second? Being honest about where you are in your
2: fitness journey. Man, that, that's in your fitness journey or in your life journey. That's yeah. one of the hardest things you, you have to do. And if... If you start going down the self-development road and start reading books and stuff, that's one of the first things that will step up to out to you is like you need to know first off where you are and you need to know where you're going, or else you're never going to get there. And so one of the first steps is saying, "What, what do I want out of life? Mm-hmm. What do I want out of fitness?" You know, most people come into the gym and they say, uh, "I just want to get in better shape," or uh, you know, "I want to look better," or "I want to feel better," or whatever okay well let's define what does that look like like what does that actually look like and what is it going to take to get there and it's really hard for a lot of people to have that hard look at themselves because they still see themselves as that 18 to 22 year old in their brain that all american or you know all state or whatever athlete guy but they haven't worked out in 15 years but in their mind (laughs) they're still that guy and then that's what gets you in trouble it's like i used to be able to do this way there's you know You wouldn't believe how many times we hear that phrase in in the gym on a day-to-day basis. I used to be able to do this much, or I used to be able to do this, or I used to be able to do that. We understand that everybody has, you know, had they probably were able to do that at some point, but you have to be honest with yourself where you are now, or else you're never going to be able to make progress. And if you're not being able to be honest with yourself, then, you you know, you're going to get bogged down, you're going to get frustrated because you realize how far you've gone, and then you're going to quit. And that's the same thing with life. Like, if you want to if you're not happy with where you are in life or if you want to figure out where you want to go, you have to sit down and be honest. Like, what do I really want out of life? What do I want to get out of that? You need to take some time and sit down and be honest, write it down. And I would, I would guarantee you that the majority of people, they don't know if you went up and asked them like, what do you want out of life in specifics? They couldn't tell you. They, they, They couldn't tell you at all. And so they walk around unhappy, but they don't really know what they're unhappy about because they've never defined what they want. Yeah.
1: The, the, being honest about where you are right now, and uh, the, look, that's going to happen in, in the first wide. Mm-hmm. I mean, over and over again, we take our athletes of the month, and uh, they answer that question. Well, you know, what were you thinking? What have I gotten myself into? Yeah, that's it? right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, th- this form of exercise is going to force you to be honest about where you are, but it can be really debilitating to see that for the first time if you're not inside of a community where you realize, okay. I'm gonna be like that guy one day, and I'm gonna be like that girl one day, I hope, you know, and you, you figure out what your what your goals are. I mean, just being honest about where you are is something that can stop you in your tracks. If you do that in combination with where you wanna go, and again, we come back to this this culture, this community mm-hmm. uh, here inside of, of Coyote that helps people get to the place that they've, they've never been before. I think the
2: big thing is you walk in and maybe you finally have that realization like, wow, I have. Uh, I am not what I once was fitness wise but realizing that everybody around here they still love you no matter what your fitness level is they don't care where you're at they're just happy that you're here and they're gonna do whatever they can to help you get to where you want to be but it's not a judgment like oh, I can't believe you can't lift that much weight or I can't believe they have that certain body fat nobody cares about that type of stuff they mm-hmm. just love you as a person and want to help you and it's okay to, to fail here. It's okay to try something and not be able to do it, or it's okay to not be able to do something that you used to be able to do. Everybody's here to just help each other get a little bit better every single day. Yeah, well, <clears throat> you have set up, and I think kudos to
1: you. You guys have set up a, an awesome environment. The stuff that I was reading in this book didn't seem to clash with the experience I have inside of this gym, which is pretty cool. So major, let's end the conversation this way. Let's say, uh, this portion of it anyway. Major takeaway. At all this, all the stuff we've talked about today, what, what's your major takeaway?
2: Oh man, that's hard. Yeah. Um, well, I'll go first. Give you yeah, some time to yeah, think. Yeah. Yeah.
1: My major takeaway was uh, you can either you can turn away from the group or you can turn towards the group. Mm. You know, when he talks about proximity, and at the end of the day, proximity is in control of a lot of success. How close you are to the other people that are chasing that shared purpose and. Uh, I figured out about my own personality, I have a lot of times where I will go introvert and I'll distance myself, you know, uh, specifically talking about going to the gym, some days physically I've got it, but emotionally or mentally I'm like, man, I'm just not there. And instead of turning my car towards my house, I still commit to go towards the gym because I want to make that decision to turn towards the healthy culture instead of towards an unhealthy me. Mm -hmm.
2: I think I, my, my biggest takeaways were, number one, just being more um, deliberate about the accepting cues that we, we give to, to people and, and doing it more and more often, making people feel more accepted and making it feel like a safe environment to fail. And then just the reinforcement of how important vulnerability is in our lives. And, you know, none of this stuff was anything new, but he put it all in such a, a very cool way Um, but to me it's just reinforced like vulnerability and it's so easy especially for me and I'm sure probably a lot of other guys to wanna just pull away from that vulnerability. Like you you can go into it and you get, it's like amazing and you you feel so much closer to somebody and then a week or two later you wanna kinda go back in that shell again and (laughs) it's something that you constantly have to work at and just stress for me the importance of not only Uh, me being vulnerable and put myself out there to others, but trying to make an environment where other people feel safe to be vulnerable to me because the people who are vulnerable, they're the ones that are going to stick around for a long time and they're the ones that are going to get the most results because they feel welcome and they feel like they can tell you stuff and uh, trying to make more more people feel that way. Yeah, it's happening. How about for you, Chase? I think... Mine's more of like an
0: overarching thing where it's like you, you can't afford, if you want to get to where you want to be, you can't afford to scoff at the things that this book tries to teach you. Mm. You know, I, I, a lot of the culture of, you know, modern America is like, you know, I'll figure it out my way. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I I know how to do this. It's going to work. It's going to be fine. But like this this book is, it shows you tons of examples and i'm sure there's more of them out there of people doing this right and it's it's these specific things that like you know it's it's different in how it looks in every individual team that's that's going to happen but like there's basic core dynamical things that are going to work no matter where you are yes it's it's important to remember and establish a base of those things before you start trying to grow yeah that's a
1: good point sometimes you got to
2: get over yourself Mm -hmm. yeah trust the process it's funny how books can hit you at different points in your life and if I'd read this book ten years ago, I wouldn't have gotten anything out of it. You know, I would have like, been one of those guys like, "This is stupid. I'm not doing this crap." You know, but you know, now I'm to the point where life has a funny way of bringing you to your knees and making you mm-hmm. want to change your ways. And so, yeah. you can try to do it all by yourself for as long as you want to, but eventually, you're gonna you're gonna fall flat on your face. And you can either look to other people for help, or you can um, continue to fall and continue to fall. And so, the quicker you can embrace, you know, the, the principles in a book like this. The better off you're gonna be for it yeah yeah man look at us here, here. flexing the brain
1: muscle <laughs> all right so on to our next segment uh it's going beautifully so far let's transition to let's relax these brain muscles a little bit yeah yeah <laughs> outside the box man that nailed was beautiful it. nailed it all right so today we're discussing because we're uh we're, we're recording in the evening yeah and uh and we should have said outside the box after dark with like a real After dark. <laughs> <on>. after <laughs> dark. <laughs>
0: that, that's kind of girl guess It uh, is <laughs> yes. Put so, the kids to bed. Yeah.
1: <laughs> this version is rated R. So, we're going to be discussing our favorite adult beverages. Mm-hmm. Favorite adult. Well, not favorite. Let's not make it plural. Let's make this difficult. Let's go to the number 1. Your go-to adult beverage. Hmm. Yeah. So, and maybe we should give this caveat like it's the point in your training year. Where you're gonna give yourself? yourself you get a drink. Yeah, you're gonna get a drink. Not, not 15 drinks, but 8 <laughs> drinks. You got one drink, and you have to make the most important choice. Which one is it gonna be? Uh, if I, I'm, if I'm, ahead. you know, you go ahead. I just had a funny story about that. I, I feel
0: like Chase was about to say hi again. <laughs> Literally, not a beer out there that I hate more. Uh, I think mine. If you're, if you're, if you're sticking in the vein of celebratory, like you know middle of the off season and then this is like we did it it. been a good year. Yeah. There I I tried this on a whim one time and I have loved it ever since. Does everybody here know what sheer wine is? Yeah, yeah. It's she- a soft drink like uh, It's out of South Carolina or North Carolina, something like that. It's South specific. Yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah. specific to this region of the world. So to describe it it's like
1: slightly like Dr Pepper. It's
0: it's if cherry Doctor Pepper was what it says it was. Like it's like it's really good cherry doctor delivered on its promise yeah okay it's like it's perfect all right and I'm telling you if you put just a little bit just a little bit of Woodford in there it's a drink that'll last you the evening and you'll be happy you did it the whole time man it is dangerous that's why it's a sipper you just gotta you gotta be nice and easy it's just a conversation drink it's nice. You just blew up the internet by saying you would pour Woodford in a soft drink, but that's okay. Oh, I don't care. It's I'll, your
1: drink. You do what you want. Yeah, you, you do whatever you want to. Well, You're if I'm gonna reason. like,
0: if I'm gonna go get whiskey, I'm gonna get
1: nice whiskey. Right. But if I want a mixed drink, I'm gonna, I still want to use the nice whiskey. Your wine So interestingly enough you don't just like run to the local grocery store and get cheer wine or do they sell that in some
0: place it's, it's it's hard to find okay, it so really you, is. you have to
1: be intentional about being prepared oh yeah like
0: thing. i have to think i want this drink and i'm gonna go find
1: it in okay, real time. yeah and let's just acknowledge for a while the uh and vodka was just running like crazy through through towns across the world oh when yeah came out i was like but i think that was kind of a that was a trend the kill Cliff was like hey we didn't make this drink for you to pour vodka. <laughs> no, no, they
2: did because they sent us a stand to show you different mixed drinks you can make from the different flavors. And so I think they, it's, uh, it's healthy. It's Coke. Yeah, yeah, it is right, a healthy right. mixed drink. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Hunter, what's your number one? Uh, so, my story, real quick, I was going to tell you guys. When I first started CrossFit, I, I, I used to drink beer, and I sweat I, I wanted to start losing, leaning up, so I started drinking vodka. Uh, As you do. Yeah, yeah. Vodka, vodka, vodka tonic first. And uh, then I then I switched to vodka water, and uh, I had a buddy from the gym who was wanting to quit uh, quit drinking so much beer, and so he asked me what I drank, and I said, well, I drink vodka water. So I saw him the next Monday. He's like, I don't know, I, I tried that vodka water thing. I didn't really like it. I was like, really? He's like yeah I had nine of them and I couldn't really <laughs> I was like wait you had nine of them he was like yeah I mean I usually have nine beers so I just had nine... <laughs> Oh my gosh like, wow. this is lucky we remembered drinking <laughs> yeah that's it. right yeah.
1: his nickname is
2: Mr. Tolerant <laughs> <laughs> man so uh, I, I, I would until a couple of years ago I would have said vodka water uh, with a lemon uh, but now I've, I've got more wines now. So I like a good red wine. It like, sounds like LaCroix, the alcoholics of LaCroix It's yeah. like vodka water with a with little, little, little bit living. of lemon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the thought of Sprite. Yeah. <laughs> Just a hint. Uh, i would say a good red wine, good red blend. Uh, I
1: like that. I think it match, matches, like, the uh, the other side of Hunter's, like, the reading Hunter. You know, I can see you, like, swirling the red. <laughs> a little, and, yeah. Yeah, like, oh, this book's so interesting. I think it was a sip of the red I'm wine. so sophisticated. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, so, I, wines are intimidating for me. I don't know, and I... I I tried to enjoy. It. I don't know a
0: good one when I taste it. Like, yeah. I, I can tell you a really bad one because it's just garbage. But like, I don't know
2: like high end wine. Yeah, from I I don't either. I just uh, you I just, just like wine. Yeah, I just yeah, I just right. get one that I like to taste of. I got a, a scratch and sniff uh, wine book off of Amazon. It was actually I learned a lot from it. It was really interesting. Oak. Uh, yeah, talked to you about... <laughs> about where the different wines come from the world and what, what hints of stuff they have in there all that type of stuff. It's an oaky afterbirth. Yeah.
1: It was, it was pretty mean, cool. If I could predict any phrase I was going to hear today, it would not be. Scratching
2: stiff wine. <laughs> it really, it's a great buzz, man. Oh, my God. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. All right. Okay. So my, mine is going to be very anticlimactic. Uh, my brother actually introduced me to this drink um, in oh. a in a martini glass. Yeah. Uh, the Manhattan. Mm, I still have never had one. I'm kind of holding out for your brothers. Yeah. You know? It's, man, it's really good. So, um,. You can either put Woodford in it. Four Roses is actually pretty good, but yeah. the, the Luxardo cherry is kind of the—that's the thing. You—you ha- you have to have a real cherry, not that fake crap from the grocery store.
0: Well, I mean, your brother's but, not going to give you the red cherry, guy. Yeah,
1: yeah. But the—the uh, the thing that I like most about it is they—it the Manhattan cuts the whiskey with a little bit of vermouth, which kind of it gives it a very unique flavor. And uh, I'm with you, Hunter. Like, if I pour a Manhattan and have a Manhattan, I'm going to have one. And that's going to be the whole experience, yeah. you know. So, uh, it's very enjoyable, and it's not one of those things that you want multiples of, in my opinion. There's probably somebody that disagrees with me, but it kind of it's a way to keep the reins on on what's going on there. So yeah. that's that's kind of my number one. Um, I do like I, I can. Handle a, the gin stuff that's coming out now. There's just like lots of gins. Everybody's got a gin distillery. Everybody's even classy
0: on us. Yeah,
1: yeah. But I mean, if, it, if I just had uh, one drink I could have, it would definitely be a Manhattan. Mm-hmm. In fact, I'm, I, may, I may actually have one after we wrap this episode. Mm. Oh. Right? Oh, okay. Yeah, so we, we get to recommends. We have to recommend something, because this is the moment they've all been waiting for. What do we have to recommend? I mean, other than the culture code, obviously, yeah, obviously the culture
2: code. They yeah have a quote. Uh, I read, I watched two '90s movies recently. Rewatched that. <laughs> I would highly recommend both of them. Number one, I already mentioned it earlier. The Last of the Mohicans. Have yeah. Y'all seen it? I yeah. Oh, Chase, yeah. you gotta watch it. Man. I'm young. It's, it's, a,
1: a, it's a very emotional movie.
0: It, it took me a long time to see like Saving Private Ryan and stuff
2: like yeah, that. Yeah, so you need I to I go and watch it. Uh, it's it's good. And then uh, Goodwill Hunting. That's one of my top oh, time. Gosh, mm-hmm. I love that movie. It's such a. I mean, I, I can watch it. I've probably seen it 20 times. I, lo- I mean, I love that movie. So I have much. an
0: unhealthy affection for Ben Affleck and Matt Damon yeah, as really? actors. <laughs> let me qualify that. Was, yeah, the second I see, even if it's a comedy, Ben Affleck like in a movie, I'm like, it's probably gonna be
2: alright. Oh. uh... The, uh, the Robin Williams documentary on uh, HBO, have y'all seen that? Mm-hmm. Not yet. That's what led me to want to watch Good Will Hunting again. It was about Robin Williams. Man, that was fascinating. Yeah, what he a was, sad story, He was man. so, yeah. so talented. Mm. Unbelievable, mm, unbelievable, yeah. unbelievable yeah. talent. Yeah. So anyways, anyway. there's three recommends. Great movie. Sorry. Yeah, Great. I got one for all three of us. <laughs> <laughs> all right.
1: I got three recommends, one for each of you. Uh, yeah, I was actually going to recommend this. If you're looking for... Uh, I don't know. We're talking about shows a little bit today and our recommends, but I stumbled into the designated survivor with Kiefer Sutherland. I was discussing with a friend of mine yesterday. It's really just like 24 reskinned. Yeah. So that was his perspective. Yeah. So you got, you know, you have, he's he's running the country instead of what was the outfit in 24 that he was running. Um, anyway, he's like the guy in charge and he kind of doesn't want to be there, but he's making all these decisions. Mm. and It's just pretty cool to see, uh, I'm kind of a history nerd, so you're always thinking about, with the State of the Union, like, okay, who's not there? They're gonna talk about who wasn't there and who would actually be running the country, and they play out that scenario. And I will will say, network television is just total garbage. But this one, it's worth watching, it's worth watching. It's kind of one of those shows that you would turn on and and fall asleep at the end of the day, right. right? Well, not Hunter, he's probably reading a book about the designated survivor. But the rest of the world is is watching the show, right? Yeah. So you have a recommend? Uh
0: yeah, I can I have two. I'm only gonna give one. I can either go really nerdy or I can go Go Uber mainstream. Do it. Okay. The mainstream one, go watch New Spider-Man, it's very good. Uh the the nerdy one, there is a guy named Jacob Collier out there. He's a Brit. He has blown my mind lately with an Einstein level. Understanding of music. If you want to just go feel really dumb for just a little while, but hear some like really interesting and cool music because he makes really good music. It's just his explanation of it, or he even he breaks down popular songs and stuff like that. What's his name? Jacob Collier. C O L L I E R. Collier. Collier. Yeah, this is a this really up. specific recommend. There's gonna be like of the five people listening, one of them is gonna be excited <laughs> about it. Yeah, but I that's what Hunter said earlier. I'm not. I riskless. love to
1: listen. To, I love to listen to those guys that take. Uh, famous artists like break down what they're actually doing in a song
0: this dude is like uh, what's the word for a born natural um, Savant. prodigy Pro- both of those words have been given to him really the dude is nuts okay. yeah I'm gonna have Go to check, check him out, out. alright how are we gonna end
1: this episode like this